brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. Hello and welcome to this sud segment. This is good old boy Mike, and uh, this is a sud segment where everything good in life is worth discussing. I am one of your hosts today, good old boy Mike. Joining me for this segment is going to be Reverend Mark. Good afternoon. Good old boy Dave. Hey everyone. And Pegleg Juliana. Hi, folks. <laughs> She's I, been walking I? around with a peg leg. I had to throw that in. It's good old gal Juliana joining us for the show. <laughs> Great to have the gang back together again for this Sud segment where we talk about beer, beer, and definitely more beer. Today's show is a brewery takeover episode. We'll be talking about beer uh, from one brewery today, and that is going to be Dogfish Head. And we're going to review the Ancient Ale series uh, that we're going to get to over. Uh, so I know that all of you have really enjoyed these beers and uh, this is a very unique set of beers um, the beers that we're actually going to go over today are and I'm going to butcher the name of these so please feel free to write in and let me know how I've butchered the name of all but the first one is uh, Vosser uh, that's spelled K-B-A-S-I-R I think the K is silent uh, the next one is Chateau Jihu You Are Continent is the next one and Bira Etrusca Bronze are the beers that we're going to go over today so uh, I'm going to have uh, one of our guest hosts uh, gets the honors. Juliana today is, is going to tell us about our suds ratings that we'll be using as we're talking about these beers. So we'll be tasting and discussing these beers and rating them with the suds ratings plus our signature farting sounds. Here are those ratings now. Number one, that sucks. Give me a nut anything but a bud. Number two. Was that a belch? Number three. Ah, what a relief. Number four. A body should really not make that sound. She sounds like she's reading a children's book. And on the next page, boys and girls, <laughs> we're going to have the bad belching Scotchman. <laughs> and number five. We should be that lucky. <laughs> Number five. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. <laughs> the bad nice. Scotchman. Nice. Okay, boys and girls. <laughs> it's library time today. <laughs> so those are belching sounds. I'm sorry. They're not farting sounds. I, I actually wrote that wrong. So anyway. Um, but uh, those are our suds ratings here in Sub Suds and Smokes. And today we're going to have just a little bit of time to talk about something rather important. The mail's here. That's right. You write, we answer. How about that? Thanks for dropping us a couple of notes, and I wanted to take a moment to answer a few emails from our listeners. First up is going to be Josh, uh, who dropped us a note on our Facebook page. Thank you, Josh, uh, for doing that. I appreciate it. It was great to uh, exchange a little bit of email with you. I'm not going to share everybody what your last name or where you're from, because you asked, when are there going to be more smoke shows? 
Well, I want to thank you for asking the question. And uh, it has been a little bit of a challenge to record some of our smoke shows. And we are definitely uh, recording more smoke shows. In fact, I'm happy to say that I actually have several that will be broadcasting here in the not-too-distant future. CJ and I were able to uh, hook up uh, one of our, I call him the Master of Smokes. He calls himself the Master of Strokes. But anyway, um, so... <laughs> <laughs> thinking that's not true yeah <laughs> and boys and girls he is the master of strokes <laughs> okay <laughs> so anyway uh it was great to hear from uh, josh and uh we definitely have more smokes and sip shows uh both coming up and i look forward to uh, broadcasting all those so thanks for dropping us a note next note that i got was actually from alice and alice uh dropped me a note and uh she said when are you guys going to do a white wine show? We've done several red, uh, red uh, wine shows, but we've not done a white one. You know, we have been talking about doing one, and I've been looking for the right topic, uh, Alice, for us to do uh, a white wine show. Um, I've been kind of, uh, usually I tend to think of white wines either in terms of being sweet and buttery, uh, a bit more Chardonnay, or extremely dry like uh, Sauvignon Blancs. Um, and uh, so I'm really kind of on the fence about exactly, you know, what style we're going to go for, um, you know, to talk about. I'll probably confer with some of our uh, co-hosts um, uh, that do the wine segments with me, and we'll pick one out. But we will have a couple of uh, white wine shows uh, coming up to broadcast in the near future so if you have some preference about the type of white wines you'd love to hear about drop us a note anytime at info at sip suds and smokes all right so that does it for our uh, mail call for uh, today uh, so let's talk about these beers they're all from dogfish head which is in delaware and uh uh, Sam and the crew have been brewing some great beers for uh, quite a while. This is uh, a very interesting line that we're talking about. Now, there are a few beers in this line that we're not going to be discussing today because they are no longer available or they're very hard to locate or we basically chose to limit our discussion for the sake of time more than anything. What's the point of discussing something if you'll never find it as well? In 1995, Dogfish Head broke the shackles and started brewing extreme, exotic, extraordinary beers. They experimented with whatever ingredients were found in the Dogfish Head brewery pantry. Things like uh, chicory, licorice root, maple syrup, honey, pumpkin, raisins, brown sugar. I hope it wasn't rat poison. Um, uh, These beers were much like their marketing slogan, which is they were off-center brews for rather off-centered individuals. So uh, it turns out that the ones that they were making were traditional beers along about four years later dogfish head in 1999 uh, started working closely with dr patrick mcgovern one of the world's leading expert on ancient beverages he helped uh, dogfish head uncover the traditions of ancient brewers and like dogfish head these ancient brewers made the most of the ingredients that they had on hand and their beers were as colorful and creative as their cultures 
I'm thinking some cultures could use a little less beer like the state of Alabama, uh, for the most part. <clears throat> I got, like, this thing going through my head. Uh, yo, honey, could you toss me another cold one? Because this Daisy Dukes are smoking hot on you. Um, that's not quite the culture I think we're talking about, but <clears throat> anyway. The, <laughs> the, first, the first ancient beers. I know you guys are about to cut me off already, aren't you? It's just barely into this. The first ancient beer was created by Dr. Pat. It was called Minus Touch. It's somewhere between wine and mead, and Minus Touch is based on a molecular evidence found in a Turkish tomb believed to have belonged to King Midas. It's a sweet yet dry beer made with honey, white muscat grapes, and saffron. This is a beer we won't be reviewing today, but it is actually widely available, so you should be able to find that one if you're interested. It's very good. Very yep. good. We, I, I've had it, too, and yeah. uh, it... it I think it's more mead than beer uh, for me, uh, or more mead than wine. It's yeah. it's very sweet. So, uh, the next uh, beer that they made was Chateau Giha or Chihu, which is, is we are going to talk about this today. Uh, the ingredients were unearthed from a nine thousand year old tomb in China. It's made from hawthorn fruit, sake rice, barley, and honey. Chateau Jehu is the oldest known fermented beverage in history. That's right, all you beer ne- uh, trivia nerds, beer is older than wine. Woo-hoo. So uh, this is actually in our lineup today, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I look forward to, to chatting about that one. Absolutely. Theo Brahma, a ch- uh, celebration of chocolate, was the next Dogfish Head collaboration with Dr. Pad. It's based on the chemical analysis of a 3,000-year-old pottery fragment found in Honduras. I don't know about you guys, but you're pantry but i got some tupperware with some leftover you know uh chicken uh uh, salad from uh, you know a distant relative from five years ago, and I can't think of anything that I'd like out of that Tupperware bowl whatsoever. So, <laughs> well, give it a, you know, give it another few hundred years, you know, An ancient maybe. chicken yeah. salad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aunt Martha's little chicken salad brought to you by the people from four thousand years ago. <laughs> Theo Brahma is brewed with uh, artisanal uh, boy. You guys are gonna have me. Escanos, uh cocoa, cocoa, honey, chilies, and annatto. Uh, this is not in our lineup today, but many of us have had this wonderful beer. I've, I've even had this beer on tap. It is really good. Oh, wow, that's cool. And uh, I think that's a pretty accurate description. I think of it as a very uh, uh, cocoa laden, yeah, uh, a little bit sweet. It's halfway in between. It's yeah. that porter stout, you yeah. know. Uh, bridge, you know, between little, the two, little touch of heat from the chili, just barely. Though. Well, it's. It, I remember as being kind of earthy, yeah. you know, as well, um, and that's the reason why it kind of separated itself from a lot of things in that in, in porter, you know, right, category because right, right, it right. just wasn't clean enough uh, to be there. But a great beer and uh, one of the few beers that I've seen out of the series on tap, and so. Um, the last, uh, the next one is uh, Tahaket. Um, we used, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Dogfish used ingredients plucked from the Egyptian hieroglyphics. Uh, dogfish had started with an ancient form of wheat and loaves of hearth, earth, hearth, hearth, whew, hearth baked bread. Hello. Um, <clears throat> any day now, Mike. I'm going to get with it. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's see. Hearthbreak bread and added chamomile, uh, dom palm fruit, and Middle Eastern herbs uh, to ferment tahakent. They even captured a native Egyptian yeast strain from the night era of Cairo. So can you, you can just see like Sam from Dogfish Head running around 
like all around the pyramids and stuff with a butterfly neck. <laughs> I think that's exactly how that works. Only at night, too, by the yeah, way. That's true. <laughs> the yeast what are you doing, Mr. American? <laughs> Get back inside. Shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> Only Sam can get away with that, though. And I mean, what would you call that U string? I mean, it's it's something like King Tut's crotch rot. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you would call that U string. I know? think you'd have a hard Night time. Night the desert uh, air. <laughs> you'd have a hard time uh, marketing that, though. I think <laughs> an idiot's yeast in paradise. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you call it, yeast. <laughs> anyway, so I look forward to uh, talking more about that beer. Uh, <clears throat> another beer they have in this lineup is uh, Beer Etrusca Bronze. It uh, proves that the wine on every Italian's uh, dinner table, uh, there should be also a place for beer. The backbone of this 28-year-old, 2,800-year-old recipe comes from a two-roll uh, malted barley, and a very common ingredient, even in beers today, and uh, heirloom Italian wheat. The specialty ingredients includes hazelnut flour. That's pretty wild. I've never heard of that. <clears throat> Pomegranates, Italian chestnut honey, Delaware wildflower honey, and clover honey. I don't think there was Delaware wildflower honey in Italy, but anyway. A handful, uh, handful of whole flower hops are added, but the bulk of the bitterness comes from the uh, Jatan root. Do you think that's it? And the sarsaparilla-like uh, Ethiopian myrrh uh, resin. So uh, we look forward to going through that beer today. The last one is a brand new uh, beer that's been added to the H&L series, and it's from Nordic uh, Climbs of Scandinavia. This recipe of Vassar, that's how we're going to say it today, was developed with the help of a chemical, uh, botanical, and po uh, pollen evidence taken from a 3,500-year-old Danish drinking vessel. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've been out on my boat, and I have... There's not one thing that I want to taste even from one week to the next on a boat. It, it, was that Bubba's leftover spit in that solo cup? Well, here, <laughs> here's the difference is that this was from a birch bark drinking vessel. Even so worse. If you if you were putting your beer... Yo, Heinrich, please yeah. stir that with your other finger. <laughs> exactly. That, the one you didn't stick in your ear. Yeah, your other toe or something. <laughs> yeah. Right. Danish drinking vessels were definitely yeah. a model of hygiene. Exactly. So, anyway... Um, the vessel was made of birch bark, which was found in the tomb of a leather-clad woman. Dr. Pat says was probably an upper-class dancer or priestess. Now, I'm thinking ancient beer for a Nordic strip club. I mean, you know. Whole Henry, could you pass me around a good beer? Ooh, Olga is looking very good tonight here in the, in the dance club. That's all. I mean, you know, it's like, where do they come up with this? The analysis pointed to ingredients in this unique brew. Wheat, ligand, uh, ligand berries, cranberries, uh, Mirica Gale. I have no idea what that is. And yarrow, uh, honey, and birch syrup are the ingredients in that. So those are the beers uh, that we're going to get over today. <coughs> and... Uh, so it was great to give you some background around the Ancient Ale series. If you'd like some more information about these beers, I'm sure you can read up uh, on a lot of different websites. There's a lot of great information through the Dogfish uh, website as well on these beers as well. All right, so let's get to the beers uh, we're going to get to today. Uh, the first beer we're going to talk about 
is going to be uh, Vassar uh, is the first beer that we're going to go through. And uh, so this beer, let me tell you a little bit about it. It is uh, tart, I can tell you that for sure. Um, it's a herbaceous uh, hybrid Scandinavian grog, uh, the newest lineup in the H&L series. And we talked about the Im ingredients, so ligandberries, cranberries, birch syrup, and herbs. The ABV on this is 10%. Um, and if you don't know a whole lot about the dogfish uh, distribution model, it has been a bit of a mystery. <laughs> um, it's been rather select. I know we're all kind of chuckling because uh, we're both a, a victim and a fan. <clears throat> They're mainly on the East Coast and on the West Coast, and finding them in the Southeast U.S. and in the Midwest is a bit of a challenge. So they're expanding capacity and uh, their distribution as well. So it seems like it's taking forever. I yeah. mean, both for me to get through all of this as well as for the beer to get to me. Uh, so uh, finding them outside of the U.S. is nearly impossible. I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, you're just not going to find this outside the U.S. And... <clears throat> Unless you're shipping it, you know, um, you know, directly to yourself, you're not going to go down to the local pub and and find a lot of the, uh, definitely of the beers we're talking about today. But it's just one of those things about Dogfish's uh, distribution model. <clears throat> um, the great irony is that today we're actually recording in the Dude in the Basement studio, which is actually in Nashville, Tennessee, and he can't find any of these beers in the state right now. Uh, so uh, they Dogfish was here uh, in Tennessee, then they left. And we would love for them to come back. So they're supposed to be. I know. Point, you know. It, it keeps on being talk, though. You know, I so like, like the beer. Less talk would be great. Everything we are tasting today has been beer muled into the state. Well, it's been acquired over time, and you know, a lot of you know tenacious uh, you know beer hunting and good friends of the show uh, also yeah. have uh, sent a couple of these beers in as well. So I'm really grateful uh, that we. Had to, uh, Gets tasty. So back to uh, Vassar here. Uh, so uh, up first, uh, Reverend Mark, what do you think about Vassar? I really, uh, for a ten percent beer, it really kind of just bowled me over. Um, I think if I had a full pint of it, I would be convinced. Uh, it didn't have much of the warming effect, uh, but that's that's not a bad statement on the overall um, impression of this really tart and slightly acidic uh, beer that incorporated some of the traditional sort of you know hop malt balance that you're looking for in any kind of beer that calls itself beer but that was very much peripheral which is fine because i know this is kind of an ancient experiment um when i started thinking about where's the legionberry you mm. know that's a really very subtle kind of fruit you know <clears throat> so I don't know that I picked up on that. And a little I bit did, bitter, too. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a little bitter. Uh, it is a little, the ligamberry is. And uh, like birch syrup, yeah, perhaps it's in there. Uh, so Four I, teaspoons. I think it makes, <laughs> I, think, I think this whole series makes for just a fascinating read. Um, and I feel like yeah. I'm in a whole food story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At uh, times, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but as far as my palate is concerned, I thought it was a, you know, a really good, uh, Tart, uh, though it was a big beer, it uh, finished a little bit on the kind of semi-dry side for me. Uh, you know, so it was it was great. Uh, well, great in terms of you know what this series purports to be. Um, so, what's your suds rating? But I would give it a three overall, actually. Mm -hmm. Three? How about that? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, was ah, what a relief! Is uh, three cool? 
Uh, good old boy Dave, what do you think about uh, Vassar here? Well, I was, I'm kind of on the same wavelength as Mark that I, I feel like these beers, one of the main things about them is there a good history lesson on beer. Um, how to use ingredients that are all around you and put them into beers and how different people did that and that's sort of the commonality of beer is that you go walk out into your yard grab some stuff throw it in and that's what you get you know mm. after it ferments out um i did get a lot of cranberry i don't in think it. you've seen the dogs in my neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> hey i've drank worse trust me um but uh, you'd be surprised with people putting beer, man. Hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I thought it, it finished fairly dry. Not overly so much. Um, I did get some of the honey, and I got a lot of the cranberry out of it. Those were the sort of the dominant features to me. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't drink a lot of it all the time, but it's a good beer to share with people and have around. I think that was probably the original intent of this kind of beer. So um, as far as my Sudge rating, I would also give it. Um, a three. Oh, what a relief. Hmm. Good old gal, Jeliana, what do you think about Vassar here? I thought it was a very interesting beer. And like Mark, I was rather surprised to hear that it was a 10% beer because it didn't feel that way to me. Um, a bit sour um, and very tart. But maybe it's because of my northern palate. I was able to discern the birch syrup in it. Huh. Um, it, so I got some. I'm sorry, <laughs> that was the wrong button. <laughs> Whatever. I think it was the right button. <laughs> um, Trust your instincts, anyways. Mike. Trust your instincts. <laughs> I know. I did get the. I, I did get the birch in it. Um, and also me being a fan of Scottish ales as well as um, Scotch in general, um, I, I did pick up the the Gale too because. Um, um, Gale is produced in in peaty bogs. It's a shrub, and you get that 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 little peaty astringency, and it was there in that. So, I, I could appreciate this beer for what it was. Hmm. So, what's your such rating on this? I'm giving it a three as well. Three as well. Oh, what a relief! <clears throat> well, uh, great beer for us to uh, start with here. My tasting notes are: uh, you know, I thought it was very tart. It was a bit dry. I thought uh, the the berry part of this was kind of reserved, and I think that was one of the things I was a little concerned about when I was reading through the ingredients. Is it was just going to be a great raspberry ligandberry bomb, and <clears throat> I think uh, I think one of the other beers we've had, which really came to my mind, was was Reserva from uh, Weyerbacher. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be very similar in style to that. <clears throat> I thought it was going to be uh, very much along that same profile with maybe a, a couple of bit, you know, earthy tones, you know, to it, but vastly different. And both those are great beers. I love Reserva. And I thought this was a great beer as well. Um, but <clears throat> I'm probably a bit more fan of uh, sour beers than tart beers. And this is definitely tart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have the same rating as well three. Ah, what a relief. So next up in our uh, lineup here is to talk about Chateau Jehu. Uh, this beer was <clears throat> uh, the beer that was resurrected from ancient China some 9,000 years ago. 
Uh, some of the key ingredients, just to remind you, rice, honey, grape, and uh, hawthorn fr fruits uh, were some of the ingredients that are in this as well. The ABV on this is 9% as well. Again, some of the same distribution that we've talked about uh, for dogfish overall. The declared, uh, I don't know that there's a declared style for this, but uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> let's uh, let's go through this as well. Reverend Mark, what do you think about Chateau Juhu? Well, this is uh, st today as we kind of contemplate beer and uh, you know the season that we're getting into has been a hot day for me at least working outdoors. So, of the beers that we've been sampling so far, I like this in the in the sense that it was uh, you know kind of a semi-sweet. I thought kind of a Chardonnay type like hint of white grape that was really right on the front end. Uh, it finished. Um, Slightly sweet, but not overly, uh, and kind of a clean malt that must have been buffered by the the rice, you know, that was part of the grist. Um, as I, you know, kind of looked into the history of this beer and you know some of the herbs that were introduced, Hawthorne in particular um, kind of stood out. Uh, it is supposedly an, an ancient medicine that uh, is good for treating high and low blood pressure. Well, okay. I'll buy another case of that. Um, um, yep, I'll take the beer and the Lipitor, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, high cholesterol as well as well as uh, a tapeworm. So, um, yeah. I don't think that works. Wow. Hey, uh, do you have any beer for tapeworm? Yeah. Hmm, boy, talk about stump the chump moment. Holy cow! <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I. Uh, all of these beers that we're, we're talking about this afternoon uh, kind of defy, uh, you know, sort of an absolute judgment because they're really kind of free-floating. They're not really tied to a... Please don't you know, use the word free-floating and tapeworm in yeah. the same physical <laughs> sense, okay? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry about that. My indelicate remarks. Um, but uh, overall, uh, I liked it. I thought it was a, a really good uh, spring afternoon uh, uh, libation. So uh, I'll give it a three. A three. I would have really. Good old boy Dave, what do you think of Chateau Jehu? Well, you know, while we've been talking about the other beers and stuff, you know, the ones we've, the samples we have, have been warming up and everything. And I, and I liked this beer a lot when I first had it. And now that it's sort of uh, warmed up and a lot of the carbonation's gone out, and I'm going to rely on Reverend Mark here f to make sure I pronounce this right. Um, there's a type of mead <laughs> called of, uh, a piment. Uh, the, the one with... I thought you were going to ask him how to say the word tapeworm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just refer back. We'll just roll back the tape a little bit. But um, it's the, the type of mead that's made with grapes. Right. And right. Um, this really kind of reminds me of that because I get a lot of the mm. honey blended with the grape flavor. And that's kind of what it feels like to me, especially as it's warmed up. That's a that's a really good analogy. I think it is uh, close to Pimate. Um, and... And that's that's and I, I'm a big mead maker, and I, I haven't really ventured in that direction of right. incorporating malt uh, into my meads. But yeah, I think that's um, it's it's very much on the cusp. So of a, that. A sort of a braggot meets piment mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but I really liked it. It's it's sweet, um, but it doesn't. It's not cloyingly sweet to me. Um, it's fairly easy drinking. This is actually one that I really enjoyed. 
um, and I gave it a, a Sudge rating of uh, four. Mm. <clears throat> wow. That's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Good old gal, Juliana, what did you think of Chateau Joux? Out of the four that we tasted today, this definitely was my favorite. And for similar reasons, um, for those that have never tried sake and you know we're interested in trying it this would be to me the perfect way of introducing yourself to sake before you actually go to the restaurant and have it because i got a lot of sake notes out of it but it's a sweeter end of that um you know this is like my grandmother's sake for that matter um, Your grandmother made sake? <laughs> I was just going to ask that. She never served me any. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could try that later. I feel like um, I've had a depraved childhood. I've heard the word tapeworm. Deprived rather than depraved. I've heard the word tapeworm and grandmother's sake in the same conversation. I can't My grandmother made pies and stuff. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what your, what your grandmother's making. <laughs> grandmother's a bootlegger, I guess. <laughs> Yo, Grandma, you got some good sake today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would you like some bacon with that? <laughs> Come on in, have some cookies and sake. <laughs> well, everybody's got to have a hobby. I know. Right. <clears throat> okay. But, um, I, I, I mean, in all seriousness, I really enjoy the flavor of this. I got the, the sake taste. I got the fruit. I got the honey. And um, it, it's a good light drinking beer, especially on a nice warm day like today. Mm. So, um, for this, I really dug it, and I give it a four. A four. Mm. A body should really not make that sound. <clears throat> My uh, tasting notes for Chateau Jehu. Uh, you know what? <clears throat> the first thing I wrote down was, other than clearing my throat, sweet honey, uh, great carbonation, and you're right. It has gone uh, rather flat quick, uh, mm. Dave. Um, and it's... Uh, uh, gotten a lot sweeter as mm-hmm. it's warmed up as well. Uh, I mean, this is approaching like pure honeysuckle, and I, I yeah. love the uh, I love the comparison to mead as well. Um, the uh, I wrote down this is a great chick beer. I mean, it, I think hands down, if if I had a group of women that were not traditional beer drinkers, I like Chardonnay. That's yeah. all I like, and you, they would say, "I want a beer." This is it. Yeah, this is a this is a gateway beer. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, you know, especially especially people that do like things that are a bit on the uh, sweeter side. Uh, this is not boat beer, which no. is our series coming up soon on Sweet. and Smokes. Uh, but uh, this is this is really a, a great beer to throw in the mix and um, really trip people up uh, yeah. about as well. I yeah. thought it was really great. Uh, I I know I'm going to consume all the sample I have of this today. I know we're going to. In fact, when I picked up all the beers, you guys all taste them a little bit before me. <clears throat> that was the that was the bottle that was empty, you know, when I got almost got to it. So <clears throat> that told me right off the bat you guys liked it, it was and all I did as well. Mark. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My such rating is uh, four for this as well. Body should not really make that sound. So uh, we like this beer all the way around. So really great. Um, it was good to put that in the mix. <clears throat> Next up is going to be uh, Dogfish Head, your continent. Uh, um, and this beer is uh, more of a Belgian Dougal. Um, it has uh, it begins with a Pilsner and Munich and chocolate malts are added, along with a Belgian dark candy syrup. So uh, I read that and I'm like, oh my god, this thing's gonna taste like a candy bar, um, a malted candy bar. Um, so uh, a lot of uh, this 
this is in the ancient ale, uh, ale series as well um, although this uh, tends to trace its roots back more uh, with ingredients from Africa uh, than within the European uh, proper as well. So think of this as an ancient Belgian double yeah. is the best way I could describe uh, you know, getting into this as well. The ABV on this is 8%. Again, the distribution on this is very much the same with all the other beers that we've talked about as well today. Revan Mark, what do you think about You Are Continent? Hmm. What? Okay. <laughs> wow. Hello, Reverend Mark. Yes. <laughs> We're talking about your continent. Oh, you're talking about the beer. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, we may have to turn his mic beer, off. Beer steward, please, please bring more beers to table number six. I really like the... Um, uh, it wasn't heavy-handed, but there was kind of a malt molasses aspect to it that, you know, the molasses kind of trailed off. Um, again, uh, it was for the uh, the ABV. You know, I felt as though it was in balance, um, not overly uh, overly sweet. Uh, there was a, uh, an aromatic quality that was subtle, a little roasty. Uh, the malt sugar really set the tone. But I think really what co commends this this ancient uh, kind of malt uh, beer is uh, how the bittering is accomplished uh, through the use of uh, of this gale. Mm. Uh, that is, you know, I didn't really get that that hops were counterbalancing the sweet in any way. That it was a very interesting kind of combination of uh, of these of these uh, herbs. So you know, I. I really liked it a lot. I have to say that of, of the beers that we were talking about uh, this session, um, this was my f favorite of the four. So I would give mm. it a, I would give it a four. Uh, How about that, a body uh, should really not make that sound. <clears throat> uh, good old boy Dave, what do you think about you are continent from Dogfish Head? Well, you know what's funny is when they first made this beer, the name was you are incontinent. And, um, and that's what I thought you were saying to me, right? You know, and, and it threw it threw a lot of people off, you know. And it, let and me get this straight: we've said the word tapeworm and you're incontinent in the same conversation. Wow, man! Yeah. So you're not going to sell a lot X of beer. Aisle sixteen, please. Exactly. Um, so anyway, back to the beer. Um, this is another one, though. I have to say, as it's warmed up. I really enjoyed the flavor more um, and I think if more people out there when you're tasting new beers um, when you're tasting new beers make sure that you you give it time to to warm up especially the first time you have it so that you can experience the whole flavor palette um, it was a little uh, spicy for me huh. um, especially when it was colder it mellowed out quite a bit but um, I did enjoy the chocolate and the roastiness of it, so I gave it a three. A three. Ah, what a relief. Good old girl, Juliana. What do you think about you are continent incontinent? <laughs> Excuse me, man. Still early. Um, I I enjoyed it, and um, I enjoyed it more as it warmed up. I, again, you know. Initially, I got the, the Belgian flavors, I got the candy syrup, I got that molassesy kind of ness, and then as it warmed... Is that a real word? Molassiness? Is this? In Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's a Pennsylvania word. word. <laughs> Never. <laughs> so, 
as it warmed up though, I got the tea flavors out of it and I got a more spicy herbaliness. <coughs> hmm. Molassesiness. Herbaliness. Molasses was gone. The herbaliness was in. I think you need to give your son's rating. Three. Ah, oh, what a relief. I think that says it all right there. <clears throat> My tasting notes uh, around you are continent were, uh, you know, it was uh, very uh, sweet caramel. Uh, but it was had kind of an earthy uh, quality to it as well. Uh, I thought it was approaching cola, um, mm-hmm. and was kind of in that space in between a porter and a stout. Right. Um, but it had kind of some roasting qualities, you know, that were about it as well. And so, <clears throat> um, you know, probably uh, I, I can say that I would go back probably to a traditional porter over having this, and probably having uh, I can think of doubles that I would have that I would probably prefer over this so um, it just uh, it kept on getting sweeter and sweeter sweeter uh, definitely as the temperature you know went down on it as well so uh, I will give your continent three ah what a relief alright uh, next up is uh, the last beer we're going to talk about in the Ancient Ale series which is uh, Dogfish Head Bira Etresca Bronze <clears throat> uh, this was a beer uh, from Italy uh, most of the ingredients were traced back to ancient Italy in 800 BC. Um, this was a beer that had a lot of ingredients. Uh, honey, chestnut, wildflower, clover uh, were some of the things in this particular. Uh, this was just classified as a traditional ale. Um, the ABV on this is 8.5%, I believe, if I'm reading that correctly. Um, Reverend Mark, what did you think of the Etrusca Bronze here, Bira Etrusca Bronze? Well, as I as I kind of read up on this beer myself, you know, there's a whole lot of ancient lore to wow the consumer. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a fairly simple, straightforward, strong ale, uh, and I think it does tease the nose uh, with uh, with an array of fruit and flower and herb that uh, you know it's it's clearly you know a complex beer, but. Um, I didn't find it to be as layered as I would have expected with the description that I that I um, uh, perused. Although I'd say that uh, even though this is attributed to you know the um, ancient Italy, uh, for whatever reason I'm picking up some Indian palm sugar in this. Hmm. Uh, it just it has that <clears throat> Indian kind of just this this the, the, I've used palm sugar in other beers and it just kind of has a little bit of that as well mm. Mm. Uh, so uh, I thought it was very a very interesting beer um, I have to say that it still hits the middle of the road for me at about a three mm. ah what a relief good old boy Dave what did you think of the beer Etresca bronze um, this beer reminded me of a soup where you just throw a ton of ingredients <laughs> into the pot <laughs> and instead of building a complex flavor a lot of the things just sort of some things overwhelm other things and they and some other things just cancel each other out um, I did not I'm not a big fan of this beer um, I really think the pomegranate juice overruns everything in the, in the it flavor. has as it's warmed up definitely yeah, yeah. it's gotten worse um <laughs> I um, sorry. Ouch. Or it's gotten stronger. <laughs> Let me just say that. 
So um, this is not something. Is there that any I've, tapeworm in this whatsoever? Um, <laughs> I think my tapeworm left um, when I drank this, so it worked in that capacity. But um, I gave this beer a two. Mm. Ah, was that a belch? Um, good old gal, Juliana. What did you think of the beer Etrusca Bronze? Yeah, I hate to say that I'm in the same camp as Dave, but I, I am. Uh, especially as it warmed. No, especially as it warmed she says up. That with love. <laughs> because, um, you know, initially I just got this toffiness and this herbaliness that wasn't bad, but as it warmed up, it's now more. It's it's sour and it's pungent with the the pomegranate and the hazelnuts and and a lot of clover is coming out and hitting me now and so you know in terms of a blend i just don't feel like it's been blended well mm. in, in mm. all of those layers um so for this i'm giving it a two a two <clears throat> uh, uh was it a belch um so uh this beer is uh hopefully i'm tasting the right one it is more sour uh than tart uh and uh i love uh i love dave's description it's a bit of a kitchen sink and uh i remember the first time i had this was actually in a tasting and i had it at the same time i had noble rot mm. uh, which is another beer from dogfish head we're not reviewing it today and I remember having both those uh, side by side, and I had this overwhelming feeling of what has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> uh, and I really, uh, it was one of those uh, times where I felt uh, the engineering of the beer had outstripped the artisanship of making something that tastes good. Right. Um, and. Uh, you know, I had some of the same reaction, you know, when I had Noble Rod at the same time. Part of it is I don't think that I was really accustomed to drinking uh, things like Noble Rod at the time. I've gone back and I do enjoy that beer now, but this beer is uh, definitely one of the ones in the Ancient Ale series that it's uh, which one of the things is not like the other, and this is it, you know, for, for me uh, in terms of saying, gee, hmm. Um, so I hate to say it, but uh, my sedge rating is actually going to be a one uh, for this. Uh, mm. That sucks. Give me anything but a bud. And uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, but I, I thought it sucks. <laughs> so um, there are a lot of great beers from Dogfish Head, and I'm sorry that just was not one of the ones that I particularly cared for. But uh, it's tough to uh, wind up on a sour note, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> So, a uh, really great uh, lineup that we got to go through today. I uh, appreciate uh, the chance for us to go through all these beers. Dogfish makes a lot of great beer. Oh, I yes. Mean, uh, yes. They really do. No uh, they probably make, uh, I don't know how many beers they have in their lineup, but it's probably well north of uh, 60 different beers. We just chose one of the particular series to talk about today. Um, so, uh, any of these beers that you guys would go back to? Um, the Chateau Jeho. Yeah. I would definitely go yeah. get some of that. Yeah. I think uh, if there's any left, we'll probably go out and grab some right after this, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm with Dave on that for today. Yeah. Just chill it down first, though. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Well, great stuff, everybody. Uh, so well, let's uh, wrap up our Suds episode for today. I want to thank all of our listeners uh, for Sip, Suds, and Smokes. You can catch all of our episodes online on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, Uncle John's Basement, and Spreaker, our native media host, our terrestrial radio station host. Wait, what are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> 
yes, there's no such thing as Uncle John's Basement. Nobody's picked that up. I'm reading this so fast. I'm just waiting for somebody sending it out going, where's Uncle John's Basement? I can't find that online. Anyway, <clears throat> listen, our terrestrial radio station hosts are always expanding. I'm really happy to welcome a brand new group to uh, uh, that have picked up our show. And so I uh, really welcome all of that group. A lot of community radio stations have uh, picked us up. So if you'd like to hear this show on your favorite radio station, send them a note and copy us as well. You can reach us online anytime at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day. Our handle is at sipsudsmokes. Our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of great news from all of our hosts. Listen, do us a favor. Uh, you didn't have to pay anything to listen to the show today, but take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a really big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Uh, so uh, we'll mention the word tapeworm if you give us a five or high rate. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank all of my discussing hosts today for joining me for the show on Ancient Hills. <laughs> most of all, I want to thank first Revan Mark. May the medicinal forces of beer be with you. <laughs> That's good. It's getting there. He'll find a good tagline yet. <laughs> good old boy Dave, thanks for coming. Thank you. Drink more beer. <laughs> good old gal Juliana. Cheers and go Hawks. <laughs> Uh, so, again, uh, thank you for joining us. This is good old mom Mike, and I'm going to ask you to keep on sipping. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your hosts, the good old boys, will see you all next time. Thank you.